Hi, Iswar. Hoping today treats you well wherever you're tuning in from. Absolutely, and it's Sunday, a perfect day to catch up on the news that matters. So let's dive right in with the stories we've got lined up for you. First up, Apple's ambitious journey into the automotive industry has come to a halt. The tech giant has decided to abandon its plans for Project Titan, an autonomous electric car, shifting its focus toward generative AI instead. This pivot has resulted in job losses and internal reassignments at Apple. But Project Titan isn't the first of Apple's ventures to be scrapped. The list includes endeavors like the AirPower wireless charging mat and a rumored ultra-high-definition TV set, among others. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker, and this is EaseWars News from PocketPod News. Moving over to Europe, the European Commission is eyeing Elon Musk's ex-social media platform, TikTok owner ByteDance, and Booking.com as potential gatekeepers under the Digital Markets Act. Being designated as gatekeepers would mean these companies have to adhere to stringent tech rules. Think messaging app, interoperability with rivals, and giving users freedom to choose pre-installed apps on their devices. Lastly, researchers have stumbled upon what might be a groundbreaking discovery. A half-million-year-old wooden structure in Zambia believed to be the oldest evidence of early humans using wood for construction. This ancient architectural marvel suggests that our ancestors had a more complex lifestyle than previously thought, challenging our understanding of early human settlement and tool use. Fascinating insights await us today. Stay with us. We've got all the news you need to start your day right. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. Apple is known for its groundbreaking products like the iPhone and the MacBook, but not every Apple project sees the light of day. That's right. From autonomous cars to wireless charging mats, Apple has had its share of ambitious projects that were eventually abandoned. The most recent is Project Titan, Apple's attempt at entering the automotive industry with an electric car. But it's not just about cars. There's a whole list of products we never got to see, like air power, a high-definition TV set, and even several tablet prototypes predating the iPad. It's fascinating to think about what could have been and how these projects reflect on Apple's strategy and focus areas. To dive deeper into this topic, we're joined by PocketPod News Technology Analyst Katrina Shelton. Katrina, let's start with Project Titan. Since 2014, there was so much buzz about it. What happened? Absolutely, Steve. Um, Project Titan was indeed a significant venture for Apple, signaling its ambitious entry into the automotive industry with an autonomous electric car. The project, which started in 2014, was surrounded by high expectations and speculation. However, it hit a dead end when Apple decided to cancel the project. This decision wasn't taken lightly. It resulted in job losses and saw many employees being transferred to other divisions within Apple. Uh, the cancellation is particularly noteworthy as it signals a pivot in focus towards generative AI technology, indicating perhaps a strategic relignment with emerging tech trends rather than continuing with the highly competitive and um, capital-intensive automotive sector. That's quite a shift. Moving on to air power, this was another project that got everyone excited but then disappeared. What went wrong there? AirPower was indeed an ambitious product that aimed to revolutionize wireless charging by allowing up to three devices to charge simultaneously using the Qi standard. Announced in 2017 with much fanfare, it ran into significant technical hurdles that ultimately led to its cancellation in 2019. These hurdles were primarily related to meeting Apple's stringent standards for performance and quality. 
In place of AirPower, Apple launched the MagSafe Duo in 2020, which charges two devices at once, but doesn't quite capture the original vision of AirPower. It seems like there's a pattern of ambitious projects not making it to market. What about the ultra-high-definition TV set? That's right, Steve. The ultra-high-definition TV set is another example where Apple explored an opportunity, but eventually decided not to proceed, despite widespread anticipation and rumors circulating since 2011 that suggested Apple would enter the television market with a groundbreaking product. The project never materialized into a consumer product. Uh, Similar to Project Titan, this venture was never officially acknowledged by Apple before its abandonment. And there were also several tablet prototypes before we ever got the iPad, right? Indeed, Steve. Long before the iPad became a household name, Apple experimented with various tablet concepts, including Vadamecum and Message Slate back in the 90s, and even Penlight around the same time as WALT, which was an early telephone Mac prototype featuring touchscreen capabilities well ahead of its time. These projects were ultimately shelved due to various reasons from market readiness concerns, believing there was no market for a tablet computer at that time to strategic decisions favoring other products like MessagePad over MessageSlate. It's incredible how many ideas have been explored behind Apple's closed doors. Absolutely, Steve. What these abandoned projects highlight is not just missed opportunities or failures, but rather Apple's relentless pursuit of innovation and perfection. Even when projects like Project Titan or AirPower are canceled, they reflect a company that's willing to explore new frontiers, but also strict enough to only bring products to market uh, that meet their high standards, um, even if that means making tough decisions along their journey of innovation. Truly fascinating insights into what drives one of the world's most innovative companies. Thanks for delving into these canceled projects with us today. My pleasure, Steve. Always interesting discussing how companies like Apple navigate their path through innovation. In the world of tech, big names like Elon Musk's ex-social media platform, TikTok's parent company ByteDance, and Booking.com are under the microscope. That's right. The European Commission is zeroing in on these giants, possibly labeling them as gatekeepers under the new Digital Markets Act. This tag could usher in sweeping changes to how they operate, all in the name of fostering competition and offering users more choices. But what does it mean to be a gatekeeper, and why are companies like ByteDance pushing back against this classification? For a deeper dive into this complex issue, we're joined by PocketPod News international politics correspondent Mallory Hessel. Mallory, these regulations sound like they could really shake things up. Absolutely, Jonathan. Being classified as a gatekeeper under the Digital Markets Act, or DMA, is a significant development for any tech company. The DMA sets specific criteria to identify these gatekeepers, focusing primarily on companies with a substantial user base and market cap. Specifically, companies with more than 45 million monthly active users and 75 billion euros in market capitalization are subject to this scrutiny. The intention here is quite clear, to ensure that the digital market remains fair by preventing dominant platforms from leveraging their position in ways that could harm competition and limit user choices. That sounds like a rigorous evaluation process. Can you elaborate on what it means for companies once they're designated as gatekeepers? Of course. Once a company is officially designated as a gatekeeper, it has to adhere to several obligations aimed at fostering competition and enhancing user choice. For instance, these obligations include making messaging apps interoperable with those of competitors and allowing users more freedom in their software installation choices. These measures are designed to break down the barriers that large platforms might erect to stifle competition and restrict consumer options. 
It's worth noting that these new obligations for gatekeepers will start from March 7th. Interesting. And how does the European Commission go about deciding which companies are classified as gatekeepers? The process involves a 45 working day review period where the European Commission decides on the gatekeeper status of companies after they've notified their qualifications under the DMA. This review includes assessing any arguments the companies might present against being designated as gatekeepers. It's a comprehensive process aimed at ensuring fairness in classification. ByteDance has been notably resistant to its designation as a gatekeeper. What can you tell us about that? That's right, Jonathan. ByteDance was labeled as a gatekeeper back in July of last year, but has since contested this designation at Europe's second-highest court. This legal challenge underscores the company's concerns over what being classified as a gatekeeper entails under the DMA regulations, potentially reflecting broader worries about operational constraints and regulatory compliance costs. And what about Booking.com? How are they handling their potential classification? Booking.com seems to have anticipated falling into this category due to an increase in its user base, reflecting how companies are adjusting their expectations and strategies in anticipation of regulatory changes under the DMA. This proactive stance highlights how significant players in the tech industry are closely monitoring these developments and preparing for potential impacts on their operations. It sounds like there's quite a bit at stake here for these major tech platforms. Indeed there is, Jonathan. The European Commission's scrutiny under the Digital Markets Act signifies an important step towards ensuring fair competition and protecting consumer choices in the digital marketplace. As we watch how companies like Elon Musk's ex-social media platform, ByteDance and Booking.com navigate these potential designations, as well as the broader implications for the tech industry, it's clear that this regulatory effort could set precedents shaping future landscapes of digital markets. Thanks for breaking all of that down for us today, Mallory. You're welcome, Jonathan. Always happy to discuss these complex issues with our listeners. Imagine stumbling upon a piece of wood and finding out it's not just any stick, but a half-million-year-old artifact. That's exactly what happened to archaeologists in Zambia. They discovered wooden structures dating back nearly half a million years, providing new insights into the lives of early humans. To help us dig deeper into this groundbreaking find, we'll be talking with PocketPod science reporter Justin Linslow. Justin, how does this discovery challenge our understanding of early human behavior? Well, Jonathan, this discovery fundamentally challenges the long-standing notion that early humans were exclusively nomadic hunter-gatherers. The finding of a Stone Age wooden structure in Zambia, consisting of overlapping logs fitted together with a notch and dating back nearly half a million years, suggests that our ancient relatives engaged in more complex activities than previously thought. This level of environmental manipulation indicates not only advanced woodworking skills, but also implies that these early humans may have had more settled behaviors or returned to specific sites repeatedly. That's fascinating, Justin. Could you delve a bit more into the specifics of this discovery? How did the archaeologists come across it and determine its age? Certainly. The structure was discovered in 2019 near Kalambo Falls in Zambia. Archaeologists stumbled upon a pair of logs with crafted notches that were intentionally fitted together. This rare preservation was mainly due to the logs being submerged in a riverbed, protecting them from decay over millennia. To determine its age, researchers employed luminescence dating, a technique that measures when mineral grains last saw sunlight. This process revealed the structure to be at least 476,000 years old, making it the oldest evidence yet of early humans building with wood. 
Luminescence dating sounds like a crucial tool here. Can you explain how it works and why it's significant in this context? Absolutely. Luminescence dating calculates the time elapsed since mineral grains were last exposed to sunlight or heat. In archaeological contexts, this can indicate when sediments covering artifacts were last deposited, giving us an estimate of the artifact's age. Its successful application to such ancient organic materials as wood is groundbreaking because it opens new avenues for understanding timelines for other organic artifacts, which are often much harder to date than stone tools or bone remains. Now about those who made this structure, do we know who they were? And what might their construction tell us about their lifestyle? Researchers believe the makers were likely Homo heidelbergensis, an early human species predating Homo sapiens. The fact that they constructed something as intricate as notched logs fitted together suggests these individuals had a capacity for complex thought and planning previously unrecognized at such an early stage in human evolution. This construction hints at possibly settled behaviors or at least repeated visits to specific locations, challenging the traditional view of early humans as solely nomadic. So what does this mean for our understanding of early human tool use and construction capabilities? Jonathan, it significantly broadens our perspective on prehistoric human skill sets beyond just stone tool use, the predominant focus until now due to stone's durability over time compared to organic materials like wood. Discovering woodworking evidence from nearly half a million years ago highlights ancient humans' capability for more complex construction than just simple stone tools and shelters a leap forward in understanding their interaction with their environment. It sounds like this discovery has profound implications for how we view our ancient ancestors' abilities and lifestyles. Indeed, Jonathan. By expanding our knowledge of early human behavior and capabilities through such finds as these wooden structures in Zambia, with innovative dating methods like luminescence dating, we're able to paint a fuller picture of prehistoric life before Homo sapiens evolved. It underscores not only our ancestors' adaptability, but also stresses the importance of preserving organic artifacts for future study. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on this remarkable discovery with us today. My pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. And that's EaseWars News for Sunday, March 3rd, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, EaseWar. We hope you have a good day, and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.